few better things than having a bunch of diagonals for mowing the lawn on a Sunday morning. <laughs> like clear diagonals. Yeah, you did good. Yep, that's what I'm all about on a Sunday morning. So welcome to While She's Napping. I am Adam. And I'm Cindy. And it is Sunday afternoon, the 31st of May. And 2020, a very long year so far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're only approaching halfway. Yep. It feels like it's been 10 years. Yeah. 2020. There's a meme saying that it's been an entire Tool song. Yeah. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> I mean, whatever. Yep. Um, so, hey, uh, got a good amount of feedback on the MLM episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently it's a topic that fascinates a lot of people. And I think that's probably related to some of the things we pointed out about the similarities to cults and stuff like that. I think a lot of our friends that are also true crime junkies find this type of uh, content fascinating. So, yeah, we were glad that we found a topic that resonated with people. We appreciate the feedback. Um, We appreciate the downloads. There have been a lot more people tuning in. And I don't know if it's because the subject matter that we have been talking about previously, like it's sort of broad. It's sort of like we're not sticking to one particular thing. I know when we started this, we thought we were going going to gear towards just, you know, our lives as parents. But apparently that sort of took a left hand turn. Yeah, I think a lot of the things we're talking about, um, have some link to parenting in one way or another. Sure. Yeah, we may highlight that in some cases more than others, but yeah, I think it's good to have a variety. Well, if you stumbled upon this uh, in a random fashion and you enjoy what you're hearing, leave us five stars and a quick review on Apple Podcasts. And if you don't have Apple Podcasts, you're listening to this on some other platform, uh, we invite you to subscribe and we hope you do. We hope you stick around for the long haul because we're kind of just winging it every week. Like Pretty much. <laughs> kind of like a think piece every kinda week. Kind of like parenting. Yeah. <laughs> it's a think piece podcast every week. Um, this episode we'll be talking about the divide between the baby boomers and the millennials um so if this interests you i'm glad you're here i'm glad you're sticking with us and uh hopefully the topics henceforth or previously are of some interest to you so we invite you to dig through the archives if you're new and just listen to what we produce listen to the topics they interest us and hopefully they interest you so uh you know, subscribe, leave a review, all that good stuff. Before we start, though, uh, you wanted to touch on what is happening. And it's it's funny because while uh, doing some sort of research on the topic today, um, it's, it's weird. So I listened to a bunch of uh, lesser known podcasts. Mm-hmm. To, um, that touch pre- on the generational yes, stuff. Yes, to prepare yeah. for today. And... The one of the ones I listened to, the first thing the person said was, you know, there's a lot of shit going on when it comes to the protests and the riots. And I'm like, oh, this is a new episode and it's a podcast that's covering the same (laughs) um, subject matter that we're going to today around the same time. I look at the date, it's from 2018. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, what? Like, so it's like these protests and these... Um, I, I, at that time, I honestly, I don't even remember what the protest is about because these, th- yeah. these sort of social issues have become so ubiquitous throughout like what, I, I don't know. Well, they haven't become it. They've always been. They've just been ever present. And, yeah. and now it just seems to be continuously heightening and 
for better or for worse, depending on how you want to look at it. Um, in terms of an awareness factor, I think it is for better. For us. Um, so I don't, why don't you just take the floor? You wanted to talk. You don't yeah, have to I be just, nervous about it. Uh, yeah, I am. I, it's uncomfortable. And I think um, it is for a lot of people who are in our position of privilege. And it's not something that we have had to face in our day to day like other people have. And um, I don't know why this particular issue or this particular incident seems to be um, bringing this issue up more intensely than I, I I mean, it has before. But for some reason, this time feels different. Um, and of course, we're referring to the the murder of George Floyd that happened last week. And um, maybe it's the the state of emotion and vulnerability that people are in due to the pandemic is like compounding things. I don't really know. But I thought that while I don't think we're in a position to take a deep dive or go on and on and and talk about this between between us and to all of you but i felt like it would just be plain wrong if we didn't acknowledge it at all and so with going back and forth you know just between you and i we've been talking about how we wanted to approach this and i think where where i've landed and we haven't even talked about what <laughs> this this conclusion was but um i think the best thing that we can do right now as two white people with that privilege and then also the privilege of having this platform even if it's not you know super wide reaching or anything we do have a platform and so we have to say something um but you know we've had the microphone for a long time metaphorically and i think the best thing that we can do is to sit back and listen and try to educate um and then take action where it makes sense so that's kind of where where I'm at with this right now. Um, I don't want us to go on and on about it because we're not the people who need to be heard right now. Um, so well, let, me, let me interject. So I'm in a difficult position and this is not to say that. So even about to say what I'm about to say makes it seem like if you hear it and if you are like me, it, if you're listening and you are African-American or you are non-white, what I'm about to say, I fully anticipate the response of, the fuck, buddy? Like, seriously? But, like, I understand that as a 34-year-old white male, like, anything I say has, like, it can be a meme in a way like it's just like yeah what does this guy know what he's talking about he doesn't know anything and it's true like mm -hmm. i don't know what to say like I, I i am in a position where i have like the ultimate sociological like lottery i've hit it because right. i'm a 34 year old white male in america straight cis yeah white male yeah, yeah. so i'm aware of that um I don't, I could never, ever, ever understand right. what it's like. And for me to, I can say all the right things. I can say like, this is terrible because it is. Um, I can say. Well, you're never going to say all the right things. And that's, that's. Sorry, the, the you, PC right things. Like, sure. I feel like I'm on the quote unquote right side of things where I, I, I'm looking at it and I'm saying this is terrible right what happened and when it comes to racial inequality i can speak about how it's terrible and disgusting but i can never say i understand what it's like because right I don't. and that and that's why i i 
landed in the spot where I am where I don't think it's going to be super productive for us to talk about it anymore. I think there are voices out there who can do it in a much better, more effective, articulate, educated way. Um, So I think the best thing that we can do to be better allies is to try to learn as much as we can, take the responsibility on ourselves to learn and um, then take action wherever we can. So I think um, what I would like to do over the next week is try to compile some of the resources and um, different books, articles, um, people to follow on social media, and also the different um, organizations or fundraising campaigns that you can contribute to if if you'd like to do that. Um, and so I think I'm going to try to compile some of that and post it on the While She's Napping page. And I think that that is probably um, where I, I could see us fitting into this conversation right now. Well, it's also should be noted that, like, you know, I, I see a lot of people comment, like, I'm pretty active on Twitter. And, you know, if you want to follow me on Twitter, my personal, it's at Adam Corsair. And, like, my full name is there. So, like, I put myself in a position of, like, social vulnerabilities by having my full name. But, like, I'm ready to stand behind this. But from what I've been seeing is that a lot of people are complaining about the manner in which people are responding to this, that being like riots and protests and whatnot. Um, and funny enough, you probably didn't even see this because you were sleeping last night, but I, I decided to take the leap and post on Facebook. And I said, um, you know, if you see a black person or any person get murdered and you don't have the knee-jerk reaction to say something, but you see buildings being burnt down, and people protesting and you have the knee-jerk reaction to say something you should probably fucking ask yourself why you should probably ask yourself why that is and that yeah because if you're more outraged over cities and buildings burning than a human being getting killed Mm -hmm. for no reason unarmed and not just one on over and over and over i know but this is what launched it like uh, no threat to the four police officers around him and one on him, um, if that doesn't enrage you to the same degree as seeing buildings burn down, there's there's a lack of humanity there, I think. Right. And that's where I feel like I can't, I don't even know if I can, I, I just, I'm getting emotional talking about but it. Like, I don't, I, I don't want to. Because that's what wanna... I'm seeing too on uh, on social media between acquaintances, friends, family. There are certain individuals who I'm, you know, not super surprised that they're posting things like that. Well, I put it down um, because then it became, again, it became a meme. It right. became like an argument platform. And that's right. So that's where I feel like sometimes that's why I think we should use this platform to the best of our ability. This is our content. We can choose what to put. And, you know, and I think by directing it, um, the content towards the people who or the resources that can really do the best job of of educating and calling people to action is the way to go because I as tempting as it is for me to respond to some of those things on social media and everything I just feel like it it's never productive and it's not uh, we should we are not the voices that people need to listen to well that because of and, what you're you're describing right it becomes a meme yeah and look if you don't like the position that we are taking no matter what you know, side, quote unquote, you are or where you land on this, you can unsubscribe. 
you can stop listening to, to us now. I don't care. But if you would like to respond, I am looking forward to hearing your podcast. And if you don't have a podcast, I'm not going to listen to you on Facebook. So, like, I'm sorry. I'm not going to like I made the mistake of posting a Facebook status. It was stupid. Like that in and of itself, the moment I hit it, I'm like, this is it's going to appear just as another disingenuous. Well, that's what it's like. We feel like we have to do something. Right. But everything feels so inconsequential like that, like posting on Facebook or whatever. So I feel like there's like this balance of like you want to do something. You can't do nothing, which is where we ended up discussing how we wanted to approach it here on the podcast. And I feel like there's different levels. There's like the people who are posting the stuff like complaining about the riots. That's like one extreme. And then there's the people who are just not posting anything because they don't know what to say or do. Right. And then there's people who are posting things, trying to be supportive and trying to acknowledge it. And it's like that those are the different levels of reality. And then there's the people who are actually like doing something and right. being an active ally. And that's where I want to try to get to. Um, and encourage everyone to do the same. And so if you have other ideas for how we can go about this in a productive way, we are more than happy to hear that. Um, if you have resources, if you have books or whatever, one thing I did read that I thought was a really great idea was if there are certain resources you have and you are willing to share them with your friends and family um, to do sort of a book exchange rather than um, purchasing new copies through Amazon or whatever. Um, and then instead using the funds that you saved on not buying the book to donate to a cause that you feel um, drawn to. So that these aren't easy conversations to have. And they're not. And so we're trying to open up um, the conversation and, and be proactive and um, be an ally. But it's it's it is not easy. And, and look, we will say the wrong thing. I know that. But I, yeah, I didn't want to say nothing. Look. And, you know, for all the people getting pissed off about other individuals knocking the protests and those people saying, like, why don't these people just stay home and listen to the cops? If they just listen to the cops, they wouldn't get hurt. Are the same fucking people that were bitching about not getting a haircut and standing up to people at City Hall or, or the State House And complaining about Colin Kaepernick yeah. peacefully. It's the same feeling. people. So, mm -hmm. like, I automatically am just like, when it comes to you... In your quote-unquote inequities of not getting some sort of uh, vanity treatment of a haircut or your nails done, it's the end of the world because it disrupts your world slightly. The thing is, is that this individual's family's world is disrupted completely because of something unnecessary. Right. Mm -hmm. So when you have people standing up for this cause, I'm saying the death was unnecessary. That was an unnecessary death yeah. of George Floyd. So mm -hmm. like the, the point is, is that if if you're going to bitch about people's response to this angrily, like in an in a very angry way. I, I don't know, like I, I just how can you not look at that and say, yeah, I get it. Like for me personally, I don't think I would do that. But that's me, and I understand. I would never tell someone that you shouldn't be doing that, and I understand why it's done. You understand? Like, that, even that, I'm trepidatious to say. But, like, I, I, again, I am not in the position, and I, I can't imagine how that would make that individual feel or that family feel it's like, not even the family it's everyone in the, it should, in the black community is, it should be everybody no 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 i'm saying who's impacted yes, on a day-to-day -day basis yes, yes yeah 
that's all like yep. i don't want to belabor the point even more we're 50 minutes in but yeah i know we said we weren't going to go too deep into it but it's a very emotional situation and um it's even more so for people other people who are not like us and um i can't imagine how everyone in that community is feeling so we couldn't say nothing where we are trying really hard to um do the right thing and approach it the right way um and we are open to feedback and ideas so today's topic sort of tiptoes around the same line like there there is some cross-pollination it's it's not completely in the deep end but there is some cross-pollination on the two uh circle graphs here so um let's talk about the divide between the millennials and the boomers like everybody sees it out there the the okay boomer response or the millennials are just lazy and entitled with the avocado uh, avocado toast um it, it's out there. So again, I'm a 34-year-old American male. Cindy is a 32-year-old American female. We are within the millennial landscape. So again, being a millennial does not mean you were born in 2000 or you know after that. Being a millennial is when your coming of age was during that period. So like a quick Wikipedia search as if you were born between 1981 and 1996 is probably a little bit before then, like maybe yeah, the I earlier. Found, I found 77 to uh, 95. Sure. Like so if it's you a were little in, wiggle room. Yeah. If you were in that, you know, time period, you are a millennial. So like when people around my age, like 36, 37 year olds, or even people my age are like fucking millennials. I'm like, <laughs> you are a millennial. Well, that, and I think, I think a lot of times, um, just anyone who's younger, like the young, anyone like under 30. Yeah, is millennials still aren't 19 anymore. Right, exactly. <laughs> like anyone who's in a, a teenager, 20s, whatever, are viewed as millennials and everyone's being lumped together. But there are other generations after millennials, yes. people who have been born since. So millennials are also known as the Gen Ys, right? Yep. So like, but obviously the millennial term, the terminology has become more, uh, highlighted and it's easier to identify whereas the baby boomers are those that are after i think the silent generation i want to say and they're the traditionalist or silent generation yeah the 46 to 64 if you were born within that time period you are a baby boomer um the baby boomer i think were was a result of like the post-war boom of world war ii right of the soldiers returning there so um they, I think, though, that the millennials today, and again, this isn't like a, a numbers game here, or a war, but I do think the amount of millennials have now uh, outnumbered, or there are more millennials now than baby boomers. That, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. just because of like you know humanity's timeline, population here, growth. Is what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> so the you you see it all the time. You see a lot of. Uh, dysfunction or or access to grind when it comes to the millennials and the baby boomers and it seems like that is at the forefront more than any other you know period against period uh conflict Mm -hmm. i don't know that that is necessarily unique when it comes to generations i do I, i am willing to bet that maybe the silent generation about the you know the baby boomers was like these fucking kids with their beetles and shit like i i, I can see yeah. that no i definitely think that it happens to every generation i right. think we've viewed or been more aware of the millennial boomer um divide. comparison yeah. or divide because we are in it we we fall into one of those categories and our parents fall into the um baby boomer category so um 
you know, we are we witness it on a firsthand basis, but also with social media, I think there's it's allowed for things to trend, you know, but I and do have think it be more there's, visible. There's more of a um, not continuity. I think there's more similarity between the millennials and Generation Z, which is the generation that after us. came after yeah. us and that are now like in their teens or 20s compared to the uh, millennials and baby boomers. Right. Or the ge- there's a Gen X after the baby boomers, but I feel yes. like that they, they were so quick. Well, so I found it's the all the current generations that, you know, people who could be living today were the traditionalists or the silent generation, which was uh, is anyone born before before 1945. Yeah. Yeah. Boomers, 1946, born between 1946 and 1964. Gen X is born between 1965 and 1973. That's such a short period of time. We're yeah, talking that's true. An eight year that one period. is a little like, shorter, right? How the millennial. Can you define that? The millennial period is almost twice as long. That's what I'm saying. Seventy-seven to ninety-five. Same thing with the uh, with the baby boomer. So it's, I feel like that Gen yeah. X, like it's probably depending on what side of that you were born mm-hmm. on. Like if you were born on the later side of Gen X, you right. probably lean millennial, and right. the, the opposite, you yeah, probably yeah. lean I baby boomer. You know what yeah, I'm saying? That so makes sense. I and don't even. Gen, Gen no disrespect Z, to Horn. No disrespect to Gen X. I just don't even want to. It's not super. It doesn't really ever fall into these like controversial or like. There's no uh, distinct like, characteristics it, about Gen X. Well, I think there probably are, but I just don't think that they're very. Um, they're not really highlighted, and like you said, there's not like a divide between Gen X and another. Maybe there. I don't know. Maybe there will be with the Gen Z, but okay, sure, yeah. yeah. Um, and because that's anyone born since 1996, so that's also a really long. Yeah, my point in bringing this up, though, I do think there's more similarities from millennials to Gen Z than millennials to baby boomers. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Yep, and I think that's a function of the um how fast technology has started to advance since right. about the millennial age. Well, let's start there then. Let's start there. So I do feel like the the main act so what i sorry what i want to do is focus on to start what you know sort of acts to grind that the baby boomers have over the millennials and i think it's because that they see millennials and they assume that they are lazy entitled participation trophy uh receivers um and they just think that the world is available to them um i don't get that sense i don't get that sense about anyone really in our generation as millennials but then again like i i have an inherent bias because i am that but if anything that we feel entitled to i think it's the same type of opportunities and the the richness of those opportunities that the baby boomers were given like when we talk about things like the available the availability of the job market or college affordability and whatnot um those things are like in stark contrast between each other in those in those generations right so the baby boomers at the time that they were going to college would be like i was able to do it on a waitress salary can't fucking do that now as a millennial and i think there's like some sort of disconnect or misunderstanding between that because the baby boomers will say, well, I was able to do it and you should too figure it out. Right. And the millennials are like, how the fuck can I figure it out? <laughs> like, yeah. I, can't, I, <laughs> I can't afford to live that way. No one can. Right. It's like a the pull up your bootstraps argument yeah. of um, if you try hard enough, you can do it. And that's not true for and at different levels too. even within the millennial generation. There are some people who have things more available to them than others. And, um, you know, it, it's not the same world. And it's like it, it, I feel like in the in the time of the baby boomers, it was like 
you know, you go to a lot of people didn't even go to college. You could just get a job right, right out of high school. Right. And and the trades, I think, were more um, like, opportunistic. Yeah. Like that was a, a path that was taken almost equally, if not more than going to college, probably. I mean, I'm just kind of speculating. I don't know that for sure, but um, making that assumption. And if you did go to college, it didn't put you in six figure debt for 30 years of your life you know without like, really having the job prospects to necessarily right pay even off. with all that debt and with your degree it was it's hard to find a job for a lot of people so yeah i i feel like i also just wanted to go back really quick and say we are pointing out the stereotypes that we have seen Correct, we're yes. not saying that um you know we think all boomers think this about all millennials or all millennials think this about all baby boomers we're just like cherry picking some of the stereotypes that have gone on you know spread right. on social media and stuff like that so just wanted to give that disclaimer too so when it comes to the the whole pull up your bootstraps mentality i feel that there is an inherent um contradiction or some sort of like hypocrisy when the baby boomers talk about their time and how they got through difficulties or they got through their hardships that doesn't necessarily apply to millennials, much like we were talking about, like paying for college tuition. Obviously, mm-hmm. there are more uh, matters that are more severe than just, you know, paying for college tuition, which is a big deal. But, you know, in terms of like, oh, I didn't have this technology when I was your age and I got by. Oh, we didn't have the internet to have to, you know, get information at our fingertips. We could just look stuff up. Oh, we didn't have, you know, GPS, so we had to look at a map and follow a map, learn how to read a map. Oh, we had to learn calligraphy or cursive or whatever. Cursive, like, yeah. You know, like, it, and you guys with your computers and typing, like, you, you don't know how good you have it. It seems like there's, like, a need to be acknowledged, right? And and the baby boomers talk about the millennials being like, you are such pussies. Like, all you want to do is, like, cry about things. Well, at the same time, they're like, hey, look at the cool shit that we did and i'm just like dude i'm sorry i was born in a time where convenience is a thing like right. convenience is now like marketable right like what am i supposed to do not use these technologies okay you first right like, you don't use it first and go yeah. back and we'll see how easy it is right and that's one of the things i feel like that the whole technology thing is one thing that um is very visible between the difference between the two generations millennials are just generally more comfortable with technology even if it's a piece of technology that um you know we're not as super familiar with or trained in or whatever when you're thinking about more right it's easier to pick it up because it's very similar we pretty much grew up with it well to some extent i feel like i feel like when you're in your coming of age of your adolescence that's when you really like for our daughter right now isn't learning she is to a degree but if we hand her two radically different devices she probably wouldn't know how to figure them out like she if for instance if we gave her like an electric book she'd be like oh i know how to turn pages Mm -hmm. on a book but if we give her a kindle she'd be like what am i doing maybe but she would know how to if it's a touch screen or not, and she would she know would know to how swipe to it. She would stuff. do all like, that's, that's what I mean. But like, and even like things like having an Alexa, like, um, like that's a f- not a foreign concept, but that's a very new technology to some to someone in the baby boomer generation. Like to even wrap your head around like right. you know, oh, I just talk to this device and it plays my music or what. Like it takes some getting used to. It's right. just very very different. Um, but for her, that's just going to be second nature. Like she's going to be confused if she's in a room and she says Alexa and nothing happens <laughs> or, or whatever it is, <laughs> you right. know, yeah. some sort of smart device. Right. Exactly. So I, I think that they're right. Acknowledging that that's just 
the way things have happened, that technology has just sped up a lot in the span of the millennial generation. And that's why millennials are better with technology because we've grown up with it and it's just an integrated part of our lives. And we, for the most part, it's being used for positive things. Like you said, like that everyone uses in every generation for the most part. Yeah, Um, it's like if I don't, obviously the boomers aren't the first ones to have cars. I don't want to, you know, put that out there, but think about the generation (laughs) that like was introduced to cars and that youth system that was brought up with cars in their lives compared to the previous generation that had to walk places it's kind of like that generation be like back in my day i had to walk everywhere everyone had to walk how dare you and i'm just like what do you want me to do like not use a car like (laughs) just because you had to walk and it's kind of the same thing like because you had to use a map because you had to use the encyclopedia to look shit up and go to a library i cannot utilize the luxuries that are before me that is the internet that makes no sense i i think part of that and i even even as a millennial someone in my early 30s I even feel that whole like oh kids these days thing (laughs) like even though I'm still a young adult like I still feel that to some extent and when I hear like I can put myself in that position where it's more of just like I don't know if it's like a nostalgic thing or if it's just like having to adapt to how much things have changed within a course of a lifetime like it's almost like well, I remember the days that I would walk to the library and look up something in the encyclopedia and I had to like really try to like get this information or whatever. We are the last but, generation to have to do that. Right. I know. So like I can I can kind of see it, but my 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 issue is when it becomes an insult. Or when we like I can understand the value of those things, but I can also acknowledge that this is like an antiquated way of doing research like right. this it's is losing an, its value over time it, it like it's kind of like implicitly they're saying beware of the zombie apocalypse where the internet and electricity are gone because you're going to want to use these skills when that is probably not going to happen yeah but i do think there are some skills we were talking about this the other day like the some basics like being able to read a map or like have some sense of direction but you don't need is to a know decent how to skill read to a map. have no for the most part but like if you do end up in a situation where you your phone dies and you're some in an unfamiliar area and you have no idea how to get home or even get to a gas station or whatever to ask you someone for directions you always find a gas station which just you don't even straight. like asking for directions just drive straight. i guess i'm just saying like it's it's not a bad thing to know how to do i'm not saying it's a bad thing i'm just saying it it becomes like sort of condescending when the generation right. is like before us is like we had to do all this stuff and I, i'm just like this is I'm sorry I was arbitrarily born now when I was. And, right. like, well, that's what I was, I was saying about like it, the issue is when it becomes an insult. It's just there are some things that some generations are better at than others. And it's just a product of when you grew up and what was available to you at the time and what skills were more valuable at those different points in time. Like that's just natural. You're going to be better at the things that serve you most than the things that don't, you know? I think technology is like the biggest axe to grind. And I keep using that term like axe to grind. But like I I think that is the biggest thing that caused the division between millennials and boomers. I don't necessarily think it's I'm sure a lot of it has to do with the stereotypical personality traits of like being entitled and whatnot that millennials supposedly had. We'll talk about that in a minute. But when it comes to technology, it's just like, you know, there's this automatic you know knee-jerk hey like 
fuck you millennials and your technologies <laughs> but like I, I sort of touched on it already they enjoy the same technologies and the same luxuries and it's kind of like even though I, I was just saying how they want to be acknowledged with all the cool shit and like sort of rudimentary compared to today shit that they did at their age, I kind of want, as a millennial, my generation, I feel like we should be like, hey, you're welcome. Do you see your iPhone? You're welcome. Do you see your Android? You're welcome. That's us. That right. are, That's the millennials well, that I think, made this possible. Yeah. Both, uh, all the generations have something to learn from the other ones. Like the older generations should or could teach us how to do some of those basic hands-on life skills that maybe we don't know as well because we can just look it up on YouTube right. and like we don't right. need to learn or like we just put it in our GPS and and we don't need to know how to read a map or, or anything like that. So I think both generations have things they can learn from the other and there's nothing wrong with the fact that the generations are different and it doesn't like... I feel like the OK Boomer thing, I know that that came from a specific um, instance, a specific situation, and that ended up trending. But I feel like when you use, you start to use the generations as an insult, it's the same thing as like, oh, millennials. Like, I feel like it's not just the definition of the ge- what generation you're from. It's an insult in and of itself. Like the word millennial, I feel like can and is often sometimes used as an insult. And that I just find that weird. I, that's definitely a millennial response what? like i'm offended i'm not saying i'm offended <laughs> i'm i said it i started with okay boomer no it's the I same know. thing I know. it was using the generation as a as an insult and even though um you know there is some uh some i want to say merit but like we we're talking about stereotypes but there is something to it like there's a seed of truth as to where it comes from yeah you know but, but you know when it comes we'll stick on the line of being offended and whatnot like i know that is highlighted when it comes to millennials and like you know every everybody has to be offended over something and to me like that does get a little bit out of hand like there are some things like we when we talked about doing this podcast for instance i said to you like you can't worry about offending people because you just will. Like, even if you mean it in the most, like, harmless, innocuous way, there's going to be something you say that's going to offend someone. Like, for instance, like, I uh, just did the South of the Six podcast, and we were, Connor and I were talking about, um, like, the, the, the NBA playoff brackets, and mm-hmm. we didn't like one of the proposed playoff brackets, and we expressed that, and we expressed more uh, of a attraction towards another one i'm speaking very loosely and generally here but someone responded to us and be like you guys don't know what you're talking about blah 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 like this is so stupid it's about the money and i'm just like i can't please everyone dude of like course not yeah like i again my initial response is i anticipate listening to your podcast about it when this person doesn't have one so i'm just mm-hmm. like please like <laughs> you know you don't have to take the opportunity to just like spill the tea on that like and that's what i'm talking about like you're going to offend everyone or someone about something and that to me is like a product of the millennial generation but when you break it down into its intricacies like mental health awareness is now a thing and more of a of a focus on like psychological i don't want to say impairments but psychological awareness of things uh is a product of the millennial generation that wasn't necessarily there 
in the baby boomer generation. I know it like started like especially after like the Vietnam War with PTSD, mm-hmm. but at that time when soldiers were coming home, it wasn't diagnosed as PTSD. It was only in hindsight that they realized it's PTSD. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like now we're more aware of like the the after effects of a soldier in war and whatnot. Right. Well, it was just addressing mental health in general was kind of more taboo. It was like a private thing. Like people didn't right, really right. talk about it openly. So my yeah. point now is that things that could be considered like normal mental health issues and i put normal in air quotes they're not something to be like you know messed with baby boomers might respond to that and be like you guys are too sensitive like Mm -hmm. pick it the fuck up and let's go and like same thing with like participation trophies first of all in my generation i never once got a participation trophy (laughs) ever and if there are millennials that did we didn't fucking ask for them (laughs) you you guys you boomers gave them to us like what do you want us to do well i think Maybe no to I think they're trophy? referring to maybe millennials as parents now okay. expecting all of their but kids like, to like, get participation. What is this trophies. a test? When yeah. I was a kid, like mm, is this this kid's not going on the right path if he accepts this trophy. No, like I'm <laughs> gonna, I'm going to take the trophy. I never got one. I'm just saying, like these things, I feel like are a little over embellished from the boomer generation describing the millennials. And don't get and me vice wrong, versa, probably. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there are some things that are over embellished our art on our end. But when it comes to things like being sensitive or or like you know technology and having that axe to grind, I'm, th- those are my two biggest gripes. It's like. No, it's more of an awareness towards things that kind of matter in terms of a mental health. And like, hey, we're not the ones sending hundreds of thousand dollars to Prince Alibaba over in South Africa <laughs> like you guys are and getting like bit on that stuff. And we're not the one answering the phone calls from people from India saying they're the IRS and you give them their, your information. Like to me, there's that kind of divide where it's like somehow this is our fault. What is our fault? Like those types of things, like mental health awareness. Oh, that's a millennial thing. Well, they're, they're sensitive. They should just like get the fuck over it. Oh, like I, I, the IRS is calling me. I was scammed. Oh, fucking millennials and their internet scams. Like, no, like you guys were the one that fell for it. You guys are the ones that like they target for a reason. Well, it comes down to the whole technology thing. Right. Yeah. Right. That's all. Like, I, 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 for the life of me, like, I, I know I sound like such a fucking millennial right now. Like, this, this whole platform that we're dealing with as a podcast right. is so millennial. I get it. But, like, again, when we have these avenues or these opportunities that are there for us to take, I understand that these opportunities weren't really available for the baby boomers. Like, podcasting is such, like, I don't want to say a foreign concept, but the closest thing that we can relate to a podcast to those that are in the boomer generation is like a radio show like when my mom was like what station is on how do i get it (laughs) it's not a radio show but it kind of is like you know and not everybody in the boomer generation could have a radio show right yeah or a television uh show on youtube or something like you know yeah and i think um that contributes to some of the things we've been observing with social media and misinformation stuff that we touched on in the climate change episode and the pandemic episode. Um, and not that millennials or any of the younger generations are immune to like falling for sharing misinformation and not recognizing invalid sources. But I do think that it's, it is more likely for the older generations to fall for, for those types of um, false stories or misinformation because from then this is just me totally speculating again i think the older generations it was like news was news 
you watched the news or you listened to the radio or you read the newspaper and those were that is where you got your news and like it was the just newspaper these, and right stuff. it was like limited number of resources limited number of news outlets and you could take that at face value this is the news this is what is happening today now there are so many sources of information and not anyone could put that out there like you're getting it from a newspaper it mean those are journalists writers editors like a valid even though them there was some propaganda still you know in especially older- leading into like world war ii and right stuff like not saying that it didn't exist but i'm saying it was more difficult to put it out there now there's no any- way you could have cross-referenced right like but but any nobody can put anything they want on now. the internet or on social media now and make it look legitimate and um share it and make it go viral and it's like you can't take Plandemic. the news <laughs> right you can't take it at face value anymore you have to view everything through the lens of is this real is this valid does this have um you know sources to back it up and you can't just take it like you could when it was just the newspaper giving you your news so i feel like that's a that's a shift in how we receive information that the generations before millennials didn't necessarily have to grapple with on a day-to-day basis like we do yeah there was no reason or even if there was a reason you were certainly unaware of the reason to cross-reference when you only had like three or four news sources right like it was the newspaper i don't even think 24 no definitely wasn't 24-hour news cycle wasn't even available back then like i think cnn was the first one in like the 80s or 90s um i know ted turner started that but like what you had received in your newspaper or your I wouldn't even say magazine, but whatever, like your local news, that was it. Like you had to trust that. There's no cross-reference. Whereas now there are plenty of people that are fact-checking shit. There are plenty of people that are cross-referencing stuff and saying like, no, this is not quite right. This is actually propaganda. Like this is so left or right leaning that it's like skewing the truth just a little bit, using specific terminology and buzzwords to really activate the brain waves in a certain individual to either get them pissed off or sympathetic. Like there, there are a lot of things that are at play here with the internet age that i do feel like the millennials or the gen z's or the gen alphas that you know are, are growing up now are just like they're able to sort of sift through it for the uh, you know maybe not all of them obviously this is an absolute thing but the vast majority of them are able to sift through it and are like something's not quite right here. or they just at least expect that there is some misinformation out there like they know going into it there's going to be some things I see on here that aren't true. It's the internet. Anyone can post anything they want. There's a reason that Facebook is probably the biggest news source for a lot of baby boomers out there. Yep. do now is i want to get into sort of like the other side of discussion i i know like we picked on 
baby boomers a lot in that first half, but I do want to discuss like, what are some of the things that, you know, maybe the baby boomers have a point. Maybe they're like sort of, no, we're, they're onto something here about the millennial generation. So like, I have to say, and I should have said this at the top of the show, I don't wear this. Like, I am not like, millennial, yeah, let's go. Like, I'm not, <laughs> like, I, a lot of these things that I characterize as, like, millennial characteristics are, like, thought about in hindsight. Like, I don't go to, like, get my, I don't know, avocado toast or whatever. I'm like, this. I'm doing this because I'm a millennial. I sort no, of, like, of think about not. it in hindsight and be like, no, that was pretty, like, what yeah, you said about I love being, avocado toast. No, no, but, like, you know, like, I don't. I don't go, I don't have these persuasions because I'm a millennial. Of course, it's not conscious. Yeah. It's just a, it's just a product of the fact that that's the time you grew up in. Right. Like, I never give the reason, like, if someone's like, why do you do it that way? I've never said, well, because I'm a millennial. I've just. No, but then when you think about it, you're like, oh, well, that's uh, kind of a millennial, a millennial thing millennial to do. thing. Yeah. In, <laughs> that makes sense. In contrast and in hindsight. Only. Right. Right. Yeah. You know if I mean? you have to, if you think about it or it's posed to you. Yeah. So what are the things that you think, like that the baby boomers have a point on um do you do you want me to start i yeah i already touched on mine earlier but go ahead so the value of like hand to earth hard work like Mm. there is a lot of um truth to the notion that um i do think a good portion of baby boomers have an excellent work ethic they really do and like these are individuals that have stayed in the same field for decades mm-hmm. and they're super super loyal to their um d- to the industry that they work in or maybe even the company that they work for mm-hmm. and i think that's that's a difference you see like the fluidity with millennials being like oh this is just a, sort of like a startup thing this is just mm-hmm. sort of like where i want to get my feet wet for a couple of, on on the whole like a lot of millennials don't stay in the same position or the same company they like to move around and get experience yeah elsewhere. that's true but i think that's because that's advantageous to your career like it's required you need this diversity of Correct. experience and the qualifications are um you know set to that standard and it's it's just a function of the modern job industry. But I think that in general, not to say that there were never boomers who worked for companies that they believed in and were passionate about, but I do think millennials are and the younger generations are more likely to, um, yes, they want to make a paycheck and support themselves and their families, but they really want to do something that they're passionate about and make a difference in the world. So I think um, from that sense, I think if they find a company that fits that and um, they feel strongly, like they're very likely to stay. But I understand what you're saying about yeah. also being like having that entrepreneurial like mindset and and moving around and traveling and stuff like that's also like a very millennial stereotype. Well, I feel like baby boomers will stay in the same job and be like committed to a company even if they hate exactly. their job. Exactly. Yes. Like you hear that a lot. Like you, I don't want to name names, but we talk to older people and like about you know when they were working. Some of them are retired now, but when they were working, they're like I. I hate where i work but i have to do it to support my family which is to me admirable like i I do admire that sort of sacrifice and of course you have to do everything you can to take care of your family that that goes without saying but i do feel like you're right there is more of a drive to have like passion projects or to be like not just committed to your job but love your job um, when it comes to millennials, because I do think, again, not to point fingers at the baby boomers and saying this is your fault, but, you know, at least when I was younger, and I think this is sort of like 
common for people our age, and I'm sure your parents did the same thing. And you know, a lot of the listeners here, if you're a millennial, your parent, your parents probably said the same thing. And maybe for the reason why they were so miserable in their job. But like my parents would always say, you can be anything. You can do anything. Like Mm -hmm. just do it. And like you have that small window of opportunity where you become like sort of nothing as a child. Like you're nothing but potential. You are absolutely nothing but potential, which is amazing. And like you had that small window of opportunity to actually activate that potential and become something. The lucky ones are able to do that. But now because of how kind of shitty the job market is and how expensive college is, like a lot of millennials don't really have that opportunity to become anything they want. And that's why they had this sort of gripe against the world and be like, hey, like I got this degree. Oh, you need a master's degree. All of a sudden, that's not enough anymore. And I'm drowning in student debt. I can't be what I'm passionate about. So I think like when you see that, yes, um, baby boomers have that commitment to their job. And I think that bleeds over to other areas of their life, which is great. But millennials, I also think like they're very crafty in these startup projects. Like you see things like podcasts, you see things like YouTube shows, you think things, see things like mail-in services and stuff like Dollar Shave Club and stuff. Uh, you mm-hmm. can sponsor us if you want. <laughs> but like all these like mail-in services, these are all millennial byproducts. As long as it's not an MLM. <laughs> yeah. These are all millennial byproducts and they're, it's, it's something that is advantageous. So I think like when millennials, they focus that frustration elsewhere, they become crafty. And I think that's like the void that the baby boomers maybe not as a whole activated because they didn't have to. They had a job that... It was just a job, but they were able to provide for their family. And that was the most important thing. Right. In most cases, they were able to find something. Not to say that providing for your family today isn't important. It most certainly is. But I do think millennials now, especially those that have kids, are looking for something else to fill in their like personal thing. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that's something that is also different from the baby boomers is that maybe they didn't have that personal project that was they were passionate about. Whereas like for you, for instance, you're lucky that your job is your passion. Right. But for me, my job certainly isn't my passion. So I do this. Right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. To sort of fill that void. Right. Even though I'm very much happy with our family dynamic and having a child and stuff. Right. I I always had that little extra that like I need to express myself. And I don't think that's unique amongst millennials. I think that's like pretty pervasive. Yeah, I think one. I'm just getting a little bit distracted in this conversation just because of, um, you know, what we touched on at the top of the show of just I just again want to acknowledge that it's not just a generational thing that might, um, you know, lend itself to people having a hard time following their passion or getting a job to support their family and things like that. There's a lot of other uh, factors to consider with, you know, marginalized communities and things like that. And the the structure of things that kind of don't allow people to get where they want to go. Like when you said about kids having nothing but potential and all that, it's just, I just, I just can't quite separate myself from what we talked about in the beginning. Even if we can touch on that from the beginning, like you don't have, like it's obviously like it's, it's in terms, I say better, not as a class thing. I say better when it comes to like a good quality podcast, it's easier and better for the listening experience, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if you are in these underprivileged communities and stuff, you can still have the ability to make a podcast. All you need is your phone. Like you can still do it. Those opportunities are still available. Sure. To, you. to find creative outlets and all that. But 
different people have different resources Correct. available yes, to them yes. and all that. That's all that I just, I, yeah. I was getting all you distracted because that thought to make was a YouTube eating show. in the back of my mind. <laughs> of course. No, 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 no. I'm not, yeah. I don't discount that. I'm just saying those sort of opportunities, even for the lesser privileged are still there. Yes. It's just harder. It's harder. Right. Yeah. Whereas like if you were lesser privileged in the boomer generation, no fucking way you're going to have anything close to that type of opportunity to be heard. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. I guess we've made some progress from that perspective, but yeah anyways know. so like i sticking with the topic though like when it comes to like commitment i do think that is something you and i i think can relate to personally like the whole marriage thing now mm-hmm. like millennial generation they're not you know really getting married and if they are it's sort of later and again mm-hmm. i do think there are a mm-hmm. lot of financial factors that are preventing millennials from getting married around the same time that the boomers were so like it's pretty I don't know. I don't think it was uncommon for people to be married in their early 20s within the boomer generation. Yeah, I think that goes back to what we were talking about with education is because it wasn't a given that you were going to go to a four year college or at least try to like that expectation wasn't just like automatically there. You could have a good paying job with a high school education. Right. And so you could get married right out of high school and start a family and buy a house and have a nine to five and only one person in the house. You could be in a single family, a single income and support a family. Like that's just the way the economics were at the time yeah and i you know that's another thing like it reminds me of the everybody loves raymond episode where marie and frank were moving out and they were going to sell their son (laughs) the house they're like we'll we'll sell it to you the price we paid thirty thousand dollars yeah and to them it's just like we're buying a house for 30 grand and to like the the i guess the boomers that then they might be even like the silent generation but still they were like that's a lot of money yeah well they were like we're not just gonna give it to you like you gotta pay (laughs) but that's like nothing for a house it's like what you paid not what it's worth right Right, and so like when you when you compare like the housing market like this is what frustrates me is like why don't you guys just get a house like well dude like yeah when you bought a house how much like when you just got out of your pedagogy and you were ready to start with the world houses at most were like a hundred grand like yeah depending on where you live but still yeah it was like now yeah. we bought a, a pretty modest house for over 200k and mm-hmm. like obviously and it was a struggle to find even this right yeah. and we live in the northeast so depending on where you live it's like oh that's a deal or oh that's a lot like right. it, you know so it, it everything obviously is relative in that respect but still like there's that frustration of trying to break through the ceiling that i don't necessarily think the baby mm-hmm. boomers understand because yes they had plenty of opportunities but you know, those opportunities to to excel, I think, were more available. I, I just mm-hmm. went on a tangent. So let me get it's back okay. to the marriage thing. <laughs> um, so, like, I do admire their commitment to to staying with the same person and valuing that family dynamic that, although it's not, like, represented on paper with millennials, I do think it's a little bit more out in the open for mm-hmm. baby boomers, like the whole family aspect. Right. And I think that um, also connects to the concept of, community and the value of community like when they would work for a a certain company for their whole lives and there was this loyalty and like i feel like if it was a relatively small company that was treated as sort of a family a community whatever and you supported all these other local businesses and there was that sense of community i know we've talked about this before and i think this is something where i am like fall more into the um stereotypical like boomer attitude about it. about it i am yeah. yeah like i it makes me sad that there's not that 
like at least where we are, I don't feel that sense of community. And we've been living here for like three years and we barely know the names of our two neighbors who live on either side of us. And we're in a pretty condensed, like it's a suburban neighborhood, but they're like right there. Like we see them all the time. And like, we don't know anyone else really in our neighborhood. And we only just met the person who lives behind us like a week ago because we have to replace the fence and it actually belongs to them. So like, but before that, we never even talked to them. And it's just sad to me. And I remember when we moved in, I talked about like making cookies or something just to go and like introduce ourselves to the neighbors. And like, I was all like, leave it to Beaver about it. And everybody else, all my friends and you, Adam, were like, that's fucking weird. Like, yeah. that's and then so your crazy. identity took over. Like, yeah, and like then, yeah. <laughs> I see these memes of my waiver just waved high to me time to move yeah like, that's how i <laughs> yeah but especially now like during the pandemic i think about like how like it would be fun if we could like grill on because we can see like each other's right. decks and backyards like if we are out on our deck and like if we would like grill and play music and like socially distance like right. interact with our neighbors like i'm like that would be kind of cool but we just don't have that kind of relationship and i feel like that's really common with our generation is that that's not a thing to like get to know your neighbors and and i don't I don't really know what that's a function of, but it's definitely an observation that I've made. It's true. Like town halls, committees and shit like that. That's a very baby boomer thing. Oh, yeah. But that's still a thing. That's a, I, would, I thought about joining one of our uh, town committees before Jeez. the. Um, well, it's because I have that idea about the community sure, garden sure. thing yeah. and the. Yeah. But th- then again. There you go. Pursuing a passion project. Yeah, I right? suppose. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't always have but to be But it's also just want to do something for our community. Sure. Like, but that's a passion of yours. Yeah. Like, you're pursuing that. But I, I don't I have, think that I, was there. I have the privilege of having, you know, the time. Well, I don't have a lot of time to spare, but right. I feel like I could make the time to do something like that. It's kind of like when we talk about city halls, like for the town that we live in, there, there was, I don't know how prevalent it is right now, but there was a sort of uh, an issue when it came to the sewer system. Oh, it's still happening. Yeah. Sure. But like, I think it's been put on the back, back yeah. burner. At least it's been put For on now. pause. And like, everyone's like, go to a city hall meeting. Like a, a coworker of mine who lives in the same town was like, are you going to the meeting? I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And he's like, there's a, there's a town hall meeting. Didn't you get the local paper? I'm like, in those free things that yeah, we yeah, get. I don't reminder. know what's called. Yeah, the the reminder. Coventry Reminder. And I'm like, I don't read that. Like, yeah. literally, I get it in the mail. I throw it away. He's like, oh, you should. You need to go to get your voice heard. I'm like, and thinking, if it was a Zoom meeting, I'd do it. Like, I just, <laughs> but like, you think about like it, th- those opportunities, I feel like, and this is again, going back to being a millennial and stuff like, first of all, they, they don't interest me. And maybe that is like a byproduct, a negative byproduct. What doesn't interest you? Like going into these like city council meetings right but if it's if there's an 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 issue on the agenda that directly affects you or that you do care about then you you should consider going. i think it's very millennial of me and this is like where boomers will call me lazy Mm -hmm. and i'll be like it will get figured out yeah you're like well that's the entitled or like you you're just relying on other people to figure it out for you i'm relying on the boomers to do it because they do i know (laughs) and it's it's i know it's that's not okay we we should be it's like they pack up they they get ready they're like we got to pack our movie candy for this one because we're going to a fucking city council meeting. Well, there's like, also some other logistical things like there. It, it might be easier for people in that generation who have kids who are grown up and out of the house or they're retired or whatever. And they ha- they do legitimately have the time yeah. to go and like research the issue and go to the meetings and all that. And it depends on, you know, the, these meetings are we like a on a weeknight <laughs> at 630 or 7 o'clock. That's like we're that's bedtime. Like yeah. that's, I'm it's, trying to get we difficult. both work full time trying to get dinner on the table 
table, get her to bed, whatever. And, you know, parents are busy running their kids to uh, sports and, you know, outside of the pandemic, doing all that kind of stuff. So I do think there's some connection there. It's just like based on where you are in your life that you have more space in your brain too to like put in the energy to figure that kind of stuff out but it it's important it does affect yeah. us directly and our community and it's it's important to try to be involved but that is a super millennial oh, stance a hundred percent yeah Schweppes, by the way <laughs> Schweppes sparkling orange seltzer but the, no they boomers love the the committees they love the the neighborly aspect and i do think maybe it's a bad thing and maybe again i i consider when you get to know me i'm pretty extroverted i have to be in order to be in a podcast platform but if you didn't listen to the show or didn't know me beforehand and i was just introduced to you i'm probably like "Mm, stay away like i don't necessarily like meeting new people in a in a i don't want to say a forced way but like uh what's the word i'm looking for not forced it's more of like I'm obligated to meet you. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm obligated to have to talk and introduce my, introduce myself to my neighbors. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. Yeah. I, I Yeah, I get that. It's just, like, disingenuous. It's yeah. like, I have to introduce myself. Not because I really want to talk to you, but because you're my neighbor <laughs> and, like, we have to share this living space yeah, together. Yeah, but, like, that's... Not, even that, I'm like, it's not... It's Or we have the opportunity to have a good relationship with our neighbors and maybe make good friends out of it. Like, who knows? I I don't have time for. I know. I get it. I I know. We don't. (laughs) But they're right there. I can't. I don't. I. But I don't want to talk to you. Like, I. Like, please. Like, I. I. I apologize if you accidentally or you're stalking us and you're listening to the show. I don't want to talk to you. Like, just. I. I will help you out when you need it if you ask. But don't ask. No, I'm just kidding. It's, just, it's <laughs> like, so funny how we're like, we are more, millennials are more social on social media than we are in person for the most part. Like, yeah. I think that's probably, maybe that's one of the, the big differences as to why the whole community neighborly thing was, um, you know, more of a thing for older generations because, and that's something I think that they do have a point of, um, you know, of not discrediting, but like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> I, I, I hear what you're like, saying. Like, like, like the whole a, social a negative, aspect, I don't like, want to say negative, but like, yeah, something that they can kind of point out that millennials do that, you know, we rely on social media to socialize and yeah. we're not as comfortable talking with people in person or even talking to people on the phone. Like that's a millennial thing too. Don't call me, just text me. Yeah, for like social media will <laughs> most certainly be like the black eye of this generation. Like yeah. it will definitely be like something that I think Although still utilized in some fashion for the generations that come after us, they'll look back at it and be like, what were they thinking? Like with MySpace and even LiveJournal and shit right. like that, like AOL profiles and AIM and stuff like all these incremental things leading up to the Facebook boom. And again, boomers, you love your Facebook. You're welcome. But like <laughs> when it comes to that sort of aspect, I can see merit towards that and why the boomers have such a disdain towards millennials for that because, you know, eye contact and I'm looking right. in the eye is, is sort of like gone and mm-hmm. I value when I'm talking to someone especially brand new looking at them in the eye and being right. like only because I'm trying to figure them out really but at the same time it tells me what kind of a person you are if you look at me in the eye and you're talking to me um I am guilty of this I hate talking to people on the phone mm-hmm. I actively look for reasons not to do mm-hmm. it even if it's like making a doctor's appointment yep. or like ordering a pizza <laughs> I actively don't want to do it um 
maybe for pizza because it's food but like <laughs> you know like talking like making appointments or, or getting quotes for stuff i'm just like i don't want to do that and yeah it's I'd like rather can we, can we request email. a quote on a quote online yeah, yeah. And, I, and i referenced this on a previous show if someone calls me that's a friend of mine i'm like something's wrong Right. That's what I mean. Millennials don't like, talk on the phone mom. unless it's necessary. If my um, mom calls yeah. me, I don't necessarily think something's wrong or something. Or if your dad calls you or something, like mm-hmm. that's just what that generation does. Well, and right does. now we are we FaceTime a lot so that they can talk right. to our daughter. But yeah. if my friend, my peer calls me, there's something wrong or there's a discussion that needs it's to like be It's like urgent had. or yeah. like really important. Important, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. And so like I do understand that aspect. Um, you know, again, like, sort of like mail writing and stuff like i i do think there's value to that like writing letters to someone that's a lost art mm. i feel like yeah. because email is there and it's it's you know it's free you don't have to right. buy stamps but like yeah but there is something box. about um you know i have a friend who recently sent out a bunch she had like a bunch of old postcards from all these random trips that she had taken and she just randomly writes postcards to her friends sometimes and yeah. it's really like heartwarming and it's diff it's a it's like it's special a lost art. It's, it you really know is. Some, like, yeah it's really it's because nice you to get, have a handwritten note. You get them so infrequently. Right. And when you do get them, you're like, oh, this is special. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? So it does have like, you know, absence does grow, make the heart grow fonder in that respect. But still, like, I do think there's a lost art to that. The, the communication, mm-hmm. um, you know, the the sort of, I don't want to say antiquated, but like the person to person interaction. I do feel, though, that that is sort of, finding or resurfacing in a way with the generations that are coming after us they are a little bit more thirsty for the uh face-to-face person to person. after the pandemic everyone will be i think it's it's, for sure. it's certainly yeah. highlighted the value of social interaction in person and people miss it and i think maybe that it will be more um valued yeah. when we can do it again yeah i i just you you see it and you know i although I've never really actively made my political uh, thoughts here. Like I've mm-hmm. never declared them and we'll mm-hmm. save that for November. But like yeah. even like having a, not a tribe, I don't want to say that, but like these belief systems set up, you sort of believe that your entire life as a millennial, I feel like it, you have your sort of um, ethics aligned. Whereas I feel like, the boomers sort of they're a little bit more fluid with things as time goes on maybe not the serious issues but you figure these people that grew up in the 60s a lot of them don't Mm. have those like hippie values now some of them do but a lot of them don't maybe you know what i mean like that sort of like rage against the machine aspect not the band but the the concept of it isn't really there maybe that just comes with getting older your aggression sort of fades but or the issues that they were upset about aren't really directly affecting them anymore Although they're still there. Right. Yeah. I don't really know. To wrap a bow on this, is there <laughs> anything that you want to say further about about the, the divide of these generations? Because I do feel like this is a phenomenon that is sort of, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't see it anywhere else. I've never really heard about it anywhere else. You mean else. it being specific to boomers and millennials? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I've never, maybe like the hippies versus the the period before them i guess that would be the silent generation right. maybe that's there and like that is in history books yeah. i don't know that necessarily the this type of generational divide or culture war or whatever quote unquote will necessarily be in the history books maybe it will but 
for me, like it's it's a pretty substantial divide. Is there anything else you want to say about? Well, it? I just think it's going to keep happening. The more I think it is a linked uh, linked a lot to the technology thing that we talked about, and um, it just keeps you know it, um, accelerating faster and faster with each generation. And so I I think we are totally going to be in the oh kids these days oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> attitude yeah. like that we think how boomers view us as millennials i think we will 100 percent also view the next generation in Listen, the same light and there's we can try to not well, let it get too far but it's going to be the same you can talk about millennials and their non-existing participation trophies and our our you know i don't know our our obsessions and our uh offenses we're always offended at least we didn't chew on tie pods that's not us. No, that's not us. <laughs> Those are the Gen Zs. Yeah. Okay? The, not us. Yeah. Millennials weren't yeah. chewing Tide Pods. Um, mm-hmm. The last thing I want to say is, like, I do value the the generations that have come before us. Every single generation has their their unique characteristics and every single generation has something of value to pass on. They really do. Mm-hmm. And like, whether those are family values, whether those are social values, like looking at someone in the eye that's sort of like, again, lost the little things like writing letters and mailing them out, like Christmas cards and stuff, like sort of a lost art now. Yeah. People are just like writing on people's Facebooks instead of sending cards. Like the, mm-hmm. to me, like there are some things that the, the previous generation before us still they do mm-hmm. that we could learn from. Yeah. Having said that, there are things that millennials do that the baby boomers or the things that the millennials have invented and done that millennials, I'm sorry, the baby boomers are now enjoying, but still shitting on the things that they enjoy. <laughs> yeah. Right. So like they, they hate like social media, but they love talking about stuff on social media mm-hmm. and they love looking, getting their news on social media. Or just complaining about millennials always being on their phones, yeah. attached to their phones. That we know plenty of people in the baby boomer generation who do the same thing. Yeah, you love your smartphones, and like again, like maybe that's something that we collectively need to work on rather yeah. than just a, a, a single demographic, Not just one generation. Um, yeah. But next time you get mad at a millennial, remember, you probably clicked on a pop up today, and we probably have to <laughs> remove a virus from your computer. Okay. <laughs> So that will wrap it up today. Uh, if you liked what you heard and you're a boomer, please don't leave us a one-star review. Just just don't even do anything. Like, just unsubscribe. But if you're a millennial and you're like, team millennial, you know, I don't even want to say you'll know what to do. But maybe you don't understand if you're a baby boomer. But, like, if you're a millennial, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Um, we're also on a bunch of other podcast platforms. We're on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, Radio Public, um, uh, Spotify, that's the one I always get tongue tied yep. on. Um, Castbox, we're on all of the platforms that you want to get your podcast fixed from. Uh, if you want to follow us on your socials, we're on Twitter at She's Napping Pod. A little inactive there compared to the Facebook. <laughs> Boomers, there you go. We're on <laughs> Facebook.com slash while she's napping. Cindy is the main moderator there, and you're doing a really good job. Really Thank solid. You. I couldn't do it. Thanks. There are a lot of times where I'm like, how do you schedule a post? That's the boomer in me. I don't know what to do. It's true. I felt so cool telling yeah. you how to do that. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to make a poll. I know how to do it on Twitter. I don't know how to yeah. do it on Facebook. Uh, Cindy, Teamwork. Cindy uh, got what she wanted. She opened up an Instagram. We should say that, too. It's, That's right. Uh, while she's napping on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And if you want to email us. While she's napping at gmail.com. No stamps. You don't nope. need a stamp. Just an email account. Send away. Um, but yeah, next week. Um, do you want to do the 90s? That'd be fun. Yeah. 
it sort of coincides. It's a nice like post-millennial right. boomer. Yeah. So now as millennials, we can really reflect on what it was like to grow up in the 90s. Yeah. So, hey, if you grew up in the 90s or you're a fan of the 90s, let us know on Facebook. What's your favorite thing about the 90s? It could be anything pop culture related, food related, anything you want. Mm-hmm. Leave it on the Facebook and we'll talk about it. It's sort of like a, a different version of the Rhode Island episode. Yeah. Except we'll be highlighting the 90s and right. stuff. Right. Yeah, that's, uh, that's cool. All right. So until next time, take it easy. Guys. See ya.